And so it begins. The whole of his mind is apparently his personality. Wait, 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 wait. A rabbi and a boxer arrive <laughs> on a space yeah. station. Broke off. Guys, I have a stalker. He's right? totally hitting on Kosh now. Totally sexual harassment. Basically, the Mount Rari are drama queens. He's gonna come out of his butt. I can't believe this martial law wreck where I have been, dammit. Hey, <laughs> Jeff- Jeffrey Sinclair. Oh, ah, what's happening? Oh, my God. Sausage must teach Rocket Cast not to blow up universe. My Whedon senses should have been tingling. <laughs> and we know that Ikea survived. This torture session may be recorded for quality assurance. <laughs> yeah, well, I was How are you dead, Roger? Jack the Ripper, you there. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Ian. I'm Heidi. Well, unfortunately, Beth can be with us today there's some there's <laughs> we're kind of a mess today <laughs> we're supposed to record this episode um uh, early this morning but i think we all forgot <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um i think uh, that might have forgot too because she didn't say anything when none of us showed up <laughs> yeah i didn't get any messages so i think we all forgot we were supposed to be doing it early <laughs> so whoops well, we are joined again by the Babylon Lurker, Yarn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Yarn. Always, always good to hear from you. You're always willing to step in and help us out when we don't have a guest. So, it's always fun to do it. Yeah. Well, today we are here to discuss episode 15 of season 5, Darkness Ascending. But first, an ISN special report. And welcome to your ISN gossip column. Lise Hampton Edgars had, has visited Babylon 5 this week to see Michael Garibaldi. They were seen dining at Fresh Air, and an unnamed source told this reporter that Mr. Garibaldi was spotted spiking his own coffee. It seems there may be trouble in paradise as Lise left abruptly from Babylon 5 and headed back to Mars. I don't think this relationship is going to last. Thank you. Now, on to our show. Join us for the podcast, a podcast by and for the bisexual community. We discuss and give voice to all of us under the big umbrella, bringing you information, news, entertainment, and support for all. You can find us at thebicast.org. At the Bycast on Twitter, the Bycast on Tumblr, and Bycast in iTunes. Visit the Bycast page on Facebook and see how you can join the Facebook group. And remember, you're not wrong, and you're not broken, and you are not alone. So pull up your favorite comfy chair and relax. And remember, everybody gets a cookie. <laughs> Darkness Ascending originally aired June 3rd, 1998. So this was after my freshman year. <laughs> I guess my freshman year ended probably during the break that they were on for playoffs. And a couple of weeks after this was when I started my summer job. I think I started at the end of June because I was sick. But then I got a job working in a pipe making factory. <laughs> my f- most physically demanding job ever got hurt one time but anyway <laughs> oh well um, yeah i did kind of well, that kind of work at some stage oh so, yeah i know yeah 
The episode was directed by Janet Greek. We haven't heard from her since I think the end of season two. She used to direct all the really big episodes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And written by JMS. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for the recap. So I was uh, busy this morning and didn't rewatch the episode to take notes. So I'm going by a lurker's guide recap. Okay. So it starts out with Garibaldi in the Zocalo and a lot of dead people. <laughs> and yep. see like Sheridan and Zach. And <laughs> when it when it very first started, I was like, oh, are we jumping into like the telepath revolution or whatever it was that we saw in that mm-hmm. like jump ahead? Because it kind of like, you know, things were in disarray and stuff. But mm-hmm. It was a dream. Did you cheer you when Franklin got so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was a little bit of a happy moment there, yeah. So then um, a different Garibaldi, Garibaldi 2. He uh, should have been wearing a cycle uniform. That would have really cemented the symbolism. Yeah. yeah. He comes out and says he you know, claims responsibility. And then... Um, our Garibaldi starts getting engulfed and he wakes and realizes it was just a dream. But guess who's sitting on his bed? <laughs> Lita. Well, and I don't think it's part of a dream. I really think Lita was there. I do too. I'm not sure. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been would be an inception moment. Like, why would he be dreaming about Lita? Yeah, I think she was really there. Yeah. But she just says that she's uh, going to stop hiding what the uh, Vorlons did to her. She's just testing what she can do. But she's surprised he uh, woke up, that he won't remember it next day. It'll just be a dream. Or he'll think it was just a dream. And when he wakes up, there's nobody there. But the door opens and our favorite (laughs) person, Lise Hampton, comes in. (laughs) And she's yeah. mad because he only was going to stay on Babylon 5 for a while. Like, no, was it I totally be? didn't recognize her. I was like, <laughs> who is that? Oh, okay. oh wait. It took conversation before I was like, oh, yeah. I had forgotten about her, just as he did, apparently. Yeah, apparently. So, Heidi, she's that memorable. Oh, yeah, she's really memorable. <laughs> But Sheridan later can't seem to remember that Ivanova existed, so whatever. Mm. <laughs> he um he's got he's a main character. He of course he wasn't going back to Mars that quickly. <laughs> um Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Maybe no. sometime. <laughs> well that's where Franklin's headed, so Um So later on Delin is getting some papers out of his office when Lanier calls in. Said that there have been some more attacks, but um, he's noticed that they get coded Centauri signals about 20 minutes before each attack. And he might be able huh. to decode them. Yeah. I love how Sheridan pretends to hide in this. He walks in and then just hides around the corner. You did not need to tell you that. It's like... <laughs> Delin, why are you having this conversation like in front of an open door where anybody could just walk through? Yeah. Well, and weren't we kind of 
at the vantage point of Lanier, like us as the camera. So wouldn't Lanier have seen him? I was wondering that yeah. too. Like, he got behind Lanier her. See him? <laughs> yeah, that's, I think we all wondered that. Lanier probably did didn't say anything because it was just, you know, too weird. It was too uh, awkward. The lane, your husband just came in the room and then snuck around the corner pretending he didn't come in the room and pretending I didn't see him. Yeah, well. Lanier just didn't want to get involved in any of that. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend <laughs> I don't see him. <laughs> My rival saw me. Um, yeah, because then they'll get in an argument, break up, and Delane will come crying to me. <laughs> um, so Lita's meeting with this guy. They're walking through the Zocalo, and she has this idea of just taking, like, what, 200 telepaths on the ship, and if they find a habitable world, then just drop them off there and let them form a colony, but... He doesn't want to do it because it would jeopardize their insurance. Um, we had we had almost the same thing happen last year when Lita was just looking for a job and she mm-hmm. met with this representative who said, no, we need someone to recycle. Our insurance won't allow it. Is this the same guy or is it a different guy? No, it was oh. a woman last time. Okay. But, um, still, it's, a, it's more or less the same premise of yeah, Earth companies won't work with independent telepaths because they don't want to get sued by the cycle. I was noticing some of the background actors during this scene, like when they would pass Lita and this guy, they would kind of turn around and look at them. Like, I don't know if it was because they recognized her or because they were just, you know, just kind of see who it was that was walking past them or I don't know what was going on. I think it's at least two different people. Yeah, because usually that would be something in the direction if they were turning on purpose, but mm, yeah, that's interesting. They're just really bad actors and they're just, oh, that's where (laughs) the action is. I wonder what's this. (laughs) Thought they were off screen or something. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. See what happened there. Uh, I'm checking something. Oh, sorry. I I hope you can't hear this in the background. Um, the toddler downstairs is kind of having a um, bit of a screaming moment. I didn't hear anything. We didn't. Oh, that's hear. good. It's really obvious to me at the moment. Uh, I was just checking something. You guys got really low all of a sudden, so I'm trying to see what happened, but I can still hear you. Um, I'll just hope it's recording okay. If not, it'll be a one-sided conversation. <laughs> oh, not again. Um... So, yeah, she uh, sets up an appointment with Jakara for later, once her idea gets shot down. Yeah, you know, that end of the conversation, she said, Oh, yes, that one random conversation I had with Jakara five years ago. I can't believe that that came back up again. It's almost like it's the last season and they're doing callbacks to the first (laughs) pilot episode. Uh, But... Uh, before that, Veer is talking to Londo, and uh, I guess the royal court is asking for reports they don't usually have any interest in, uh, and also people are canceling appointments with Londo, like the game ambassador, the Drazi minister. So Veer thinks it's to do with um, this boycott of Alliance business, but Londo 
said that uh, he's concerned because he said these kind of contacts must be maintained no matter what the situation with the alliance is. Something's going on. I don't know. Um, Shalando have picked up on something sooner, like realized what was, I don't know, what was going on. I don't know if he could know what was going on, but he's very, I don't know, doesn't seem paranoid about it, which I feel like he should. Yeah. Yeah. With everyone canceling all of their appointments and everything. I feel like, I feel like, yes, he should have. Because we've seen him be pretty paranoid before. Hey, there was something going on uh, back home, yeah. Yeah, he definitely mm-hmm. does. Yeah, that we've seen before. I mean, he, you know, it's, it's a shame this because this really is kind of proving the point that they should have brought him into this whole thing a lot earlier and it would have gone so much better. Because right now, it's he's just getting upset and angry because he's being left out of the conversation. Not that, mm-hmm. you know... It's a real shame because you can see it again later on when the um, Centauri minister calls up. It's you've got this expression on um, London's face of, "I know is that more. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I know something really shady is going on, and I really don't blame my friends in the Alliance for acting the way they are because you're acting really shifty right now." Yeah, indeed. Ah, uh, yes, I can hear better now. <laughs> okay, um... Oh, that's good. So Lisa's making some coffee for her and Garibaldi, and she finds that bottle that Garibaldi's been hiding in. And she confronts him because of what alcohol's done to his life, and he says he has it under control. But she doesn't want him to drink. <laughs> yeah. Franklin, stems. <laughs> Don't have a problem. Yeah. No, he uh, never does. She doesn't want him drinking while she's there. Um, and he agrees and pours the, uh, the alcohol down the drain. And in hyperspace on the Maria, the near is trying to decode those transmissions when he talks to Montoya. <laughs> every time, every time. <laughs> I say it in my head. Um, so the only thing that Lanier's been able to decode is that it's the other words, do not reply. So he thinks they're be- the message are being sent to a staging base. <laughs> it's spam email. <laughs> 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 do not reply. <clears throat> it doesn't look very spammy when something is happening 20 minutes after. <laughs> do not reply at centauriprime.com. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> this is an automated email. <laughs> no one is watching this account. So there's a lot of technical babble. So basically, if they can locate this tachyon stream at the moment of transmission, they can follow it to the base. Um, but Matoya gets a message. The Maria has been called back to Babylon 5 by order of Sheridan. I wonder if he's still in his hiding place. Um, where's Clarence? Where's Lockley? Where's Clarence? Yes. There are only uh, seven episodes left after this um, and some movies. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're really getting towards the end now. Pretty much. So on uh, Babylon 5, Delin wants to know why. He's like, because you sent Lanier out there without telling me. So Lanier says, yes. I mean, Delin says, yes, it was inappropriate, but it was inappropriate for you not to send him out there since he's the best qu- 
qualify. Just, just turning the tables. Yeah, just turning it back I around. What do you make of this? Because I'm not sure whether um, Delenn's doing a clever thing here or not, whether she's actually doing the right thing here, even. And what makes Lanier the best qualified? Well, the way uh, Delenn here is basically um, turning the argument around on um, the, uh, on Sheridan. She's very tricky. <laughs> she is. There was one scene. What scene was it? Uh, it was after the Lita scene where she's walking through the Zocalo. Um, maybe it was the one with Veer and Londo where, um, there's like this really annoyed looking Minbari in the background. <laughs> like he was just kind of wish she wasn't there. Anyway. There's apparently a lot of weird background stuff going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was noticing the background uh, a lot this episode. more than once, really, than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, Sheridan just, like, I came here to be mad at you, and now you're mad at me or whatever. <laughs> okay. So. Sorry, that was my cat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got one cat. <laughs> I watched that movie Keanu last night. It's pretty funny, I get in some parts, but yeah, the cat is kind of adorable, especially when the cat is trying to help <laughs> out. He's like trying to like attack the bad guys and just like leaps through the air. It's so cute. <laughs> I got to see it. <laughs> um, so Lanier's follow that tachyon beam and found a possible location for it, but it's too far for his air supply. So he has to enter that meditative state thing that we. Learned about last week. Well, that tricky learned to uh, conserve more oxygen. So that wasn't just a, a passing thing that we learned that they could do. Yeah, they were setting us up for this episode, I guess. I think so. Last last week was a lot of setup. Is, this well, where, really is he talking to like his... last week's episode? Because mm-hmm. uh, almost everything kind of has a result in this one, you know. Not just this whole meditation thing. No, more than that. I kind of like this ship, though. I want, I want one of those ships to talk to. <laughs> I wish I had one of those in my car, though. The ship seemed like it was really concerned for Linear. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shall pilot be? Yeah, it was like the flight of the navigator. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time ago for me. I love that movie. It's fun. I, don't, I watched it a lot when I was younger. You know, it was on TV all the time. I don't think I ever saw that. It's a good one. I missed a lot of, um, I wasn't going to. Yeah, this, um, yeah. the premise of it is kind of nice as well. You've got, um, a kid from 1960s getting transported in time to the 80s via a uh, spaceship. And then he's the only one who can fly the spaceship. Uh, it's quite it's quite a fun family film. Yeah, and it's time travel and space. Yeah. I love time yeah, travel. Oh, I love time travel. <laughs> oh, oh there's, this, uh, there's this lovely bit with a um, food robot um, being kind of a NASA like. What? Sarah Jessica Parker is in it. Oh, yeah, she is. She's the, uh, she's the uh, teenage kid that semi flirts with the 11 year old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I was busy watching movies I was way too young to watch back then instead of watching (laughs) children. Age appropriate movies. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. Flight of the Navigators. No, no. 
Okay. Um, so Lita goes to have her appointment with Jakar, and she reminds him about the pilot, in case we forgot. Yeah. Where he, um, wanted some DNA. I wanted access to telepath DNA. And she was to take up on it. And she, um, says, yeah, we really, we've been trying to get telepaths, but we're still one of the few races that don't have them now. And she wants to return a lot of money deposited to an account on Mars, uh, at least five deep range ships and absolute secrecy. And he's concerned that, you know, this could violate their agreement with the Alliance, but she's reminds him that. You know, this will be an internal affair for the Narn government, so the Alliance doesn't have to know. And so Jakar's nice, kind nice of... Trick to you. Sorry? It's a nice little trick. Yeah. And Jakar is kind of... uh He did express regret that they never got to find Lita's pleasure threshold, and she says, you know... <laughs> okay. <laughs> the name of Patricia Tallman's book, I think, is called Pleasure Thresholds, which... I have somewhere around it here. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I have it here somewhere. Yeah. So she's going to leave. She left to let him think about this. Yes. His his face, facial expression is quite uh, expressive. There's some old Jakar still in there. <laughs> the the randiness is still there. <laughs> so Garibaldi and Lise are in fresh air, which we haven't seen in a while, have we? No, no, we definitely haven't. Didn't Garibaldi say I mean, last time he was yeah. there it was with Catherine Sakai and... Yeah, was that really the last time he was there? Like, last I know time. we've seen it since then, but... I think... I think it's the last time he was there, yeah, definitely. Wow. Because they started going to Earhart after season one, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, we've only seen a few people dating... Um, Season, uh, the other seasons, like, uh, Sheridan and Delenn going on there for a day. Sheridan and, um, her poli- his political advisor went there and, you know, um, yeah. and one of them went there with some people, but yeah, Garibaldi hasn't been back there. He has ordered pizza from there though. She did that last week. So I found out, um, I guess it's spoiler territory, but <laughs> I found out uh, what happened to Catherine Sakai after we last saw her. Yeah, I think I've heard about what happened to her as well. Yeah. yeah. I might <laughs> be wrong, but... There's a book about that. Yeah, there's a book. Or rather. I think we're going to talk about some of the book stuff later on. but Yeah. yeah. There is some cool stuff in the books that kind of flesh out the world a bit. Well, yeah, there are a few can- canonical books and a few yeah. not very canonical ones. Everything's canon. <laughs> I'll believe well, everything I until I hear otherwise. So, um, so yeah, she at least wants him to help her with Edgar's industry. She doesn't really like the business part of it, and she wonders. Uh, I go ahead. Sorry, yeah, but. Before they go too far, they get interrupted by the um waiting staff. The, the oh. waiter who just won't take no for an answer, won't take no. I don't want wine, I want coffee. And then, then when Garibaldi slips off, says, Oh, you want the special coffee? Sure, I'll enable your alcoholism. <laughs> you see, I have company and I'm trying not to drink. <laughs> this is a <laughs> densest... Uh, guy ever. 
But you always get drink. You always get alcohol when you come here. It like really annoys me though. Ain't not with alcohol, but like when I go to a restaurant or place where I like to go, because I tend to get the same thing every time. And they say, "Oh, you want to get the sun?" So again, I don't you like. And I, maybe I was planning on getting that, but it makes me like want to get something else just to spite them. <laughs> One day. Yeah. Like, no, I don't want the pulled pork sandwich or anything else this time. Like, don't assume you know what I want. <laughs> I don't care if I get the same thing every time. You don't get, don't get the modern question there. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what I want. Don't assume you know what I want. No. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, um, and apparently Garibaldi hasn't told anybody that he's leaving yet. Yeah, he mentions other people leaving, like, like Franklin. Franklin and Ivanova. And of course, Sharon Lynn. Yeah, and this is the first time we've heard that, yeah, he'll be leaving as well. Oh uh, yeah, he poured, oh, he did pour some alcohol in his coffee. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was saying. Yeah, okay, you know, yeah. um, the way the staff caught him doing that, and, um, yeah, so says, okay, from now on we'll bring you the special coffee, and that's how they enable his alcoholism. It's just, oh, you're doing that. It's okay, they, they're meant to bring what, you know, you know, they're meant to serve what people want serving, but at the same time, it's clear that this guy is drinking in secret and shouldn't be doing it. So, is it actually right to help him do that? Not really. No. <laughs> oh. Are they? Uh, um, I guess he's not visibly intoxicated. They would have to cut him off. I guess if he was. I recently took the uh, exam to get your service license, so I learned all these rules about <laughs> what you're supposed to do and what you can't do. Okay. Um, what's the rule on um secretly providing alcohol to someone who doesn't want to? I don't think there's anything specifically against that, but it just seems like something you're not supposed to do. I guess if they, I don't remember anything about that. I mean, if they order alcohol and they're uh, above the limit and they're not visibly intoxicated, I guess you can do it if you want to. Uh, you can have house, you have your own special house rules, maybe. <laughs> so you wouldn't do that, but seems seems shady. Uh, so yeah, they're still looking for Lanier, and they're pretty sure that his um he would be out of oxygen or pretty close to it. And um, you know, he's good at that meditation thing. Still, they only have so much air. And isn't it like, like what do they say, like eight hours of air, something like that? Yeah, and they were down so like even if he had done it, like he was at the point where he would have been out of air regardless. But then he wasn't, right? Yeah. He's better than they thought. The Centauri ship does go past him following that tachyon relay, and he ends up going to the warship and takes some air from it. And I, then, I like this idea. You know, it makes sense, really, you know, doesn't it, if you're a reconnaissance vessel, of being able to refuel your air supply, you know. Yeah, hop a ride, take a ride with him. So then the warship goes back into normal space and they arrive at the Centauri staging base. And back on B5, Sheridan's trying to convince Delenn that it wasn't her fault that he went missing. 
But Is this when he says the thing about that we've all lost? And he names Marcus? Yeah. Yeah. And he names somebody else. Nero, you've lost Nero. more than most. Marcus Naroon. He does not say anything about Ivanova. I'm like, <laughs> really? Ivanova's not technically dead. Ivanova's not dead. And, uh. Um, she just left. And I think in this moment, um, Sheridan's talking about the people Delenn has most, lost more than others because he he didn't really know Nauru. Yeah. Uh, this is all about uh, what Delenn has lost. So it's all the people Delenn lost in the Membari Civil War um, and and probably a few others in the uh, Shadow War, aside from the people we actually gotten to know, like Marcus. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know what you mean, but... Delenn won't believe he's dead until she's seen a body. So what if like space is pretty big? That is a really good role to have when watching television. Yeah, but in real <laughs> life, I don't know. I know. <laughs> but when I'm watching TV, if we don't see the body, and then even sometimes when you do, yes, oh, I was yeah. say, sometimes even <laughs> you see the body, they come back. Yeah, because you <laughs> don't know what rules that show has. They might have parallel universes. They might have time travel. Yeah. So then I have witches. Soap opera. Then they've got like identical twins, and so yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I'm I'm sure in a few years' time, soaps will even bring in clones and stuff like that because oh, they've done that. Yeah, yeah, that's happened. Remember on Days of Our Lives when Marlena killed like half the cast, and it turns out that they were being (laughs) sent to some secret island. They weren't really dead. Oh, That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and then there's the uh, big comic thing of, oh no, they were just alien duplicates. <laughs> then there's the uh, continuum way of doing it. Which is? Uh, they were, they were yeah. sent back in time. Oh, yeah, time travel. Then you, yeah, yeah, there's so many of actually, even if you see the body bringing someone back. Yeah. <laughs> Vampire Diaries, somehow they've just all come back. I heard that Alaric was alive again. Like, how did that happen, didn't he? (laughs) Oh, yeah, he came back. Because when they, like, went to the other side or something, I think Bonnie brought him back with them. I don't know. Something. Yeah, Yeah. he came back. Yeah, so it's... What is the rule if you're living in places like that? Never to grieve and to think, okay, there's there's actually a good chance here they'll come back to life. Yeah. Well, you know... uh, if on a show like that, you really have to get the showrunner mad at you in order to get, like, actually uh, let go from the show, because everybody comes back to life. So it's like, okay, yeah, well, I died, but I'll be back next. And then <laughs> you actually die, and, like, you don't ever get to come back? Man, you've really made somebody mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or you've decided to move on That's to something too, else. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're like, yeah, I'm done. And even then, you know... In a couple of years, when that thing doesn't work out, you you say you ask for your old job bag, and maybe they'll give it to you if they like you. Yeah, I kind of wonder if uh, if Elena will come back to the Vampire Diaries because uh, so far I haven't seen that actress in anything else. But she left really to go and do other things. It. So um, uh, I watched it for a while, but isn't this series the last one? Oh yeah, I, I don't think know. I so. Think of the last one <laughs> because uh, after they killed Elena, it got even worse. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I wasn't I, that big of a fan of just where the storyline was going. I was like, yeah, I don't 
I haven't watched it in quite a few seasons. I need to catch up on the originals because I enjoyed the first two seasons of that quite a lot. That but, one I got uh, mad when they killed somebody off too, and oh, then I stopped watching that. Oh, anyway, that's not Babylon Five. <laughs> I got mad Sorry. when the um, sister left on the originals. That was like season one, that's so what, I, that's I, I was. Yes, I stopped watching when Rebecca got changed actresses. <laughs> yeah. Um. You see, even there, that's another way of bringing someone back. They just become some different actor. <laughs> yeah, and I can't exactly remember how they did that on that show, but... Magic. Something to do with the witches, yeah. So, yeah, Londo... <laughs> oh, yeah, this show. Uh, Londo gets a message from Centauri Prime. They think that Sheridan's going to try to blame... Well, they got information that... Sheridan's going to try to blame the Centauri for all these attacks, and they're going to make up stuff if they have to, but Londo doesn't know... Londo doesn't think Sheridan would do something like that. And the minister says that the Narn could... The Narn have access to some of their stuff they left behind, so they could use that to frame them. Um, but not Jakar. Yeah, I don't think Jakar would do it, but some other Narn might try to do it. Yeah, because uh, they're... They know that they couldn't, like, get Londo to believe it if they said that Jakar had turned on him. Yeah. At least that's my thought. Yeah. I think the, the thing he said was, he's too close to us. Mm-hmm. So this minister says that if they try to move against us, we'll fight back. Salida goes to Jakar to get his answer, and um, they agree. Jakar says that the, uh, the Narns agree, but we have one more stipulation that we want the telepaths to listen in on the ambassadors from time to time. Alita says no. It turns out that was just a test. Jakar was testing her to see if they could trust her. So there was no stipulation. Yeah. So she'll get the money and the ships and the Narn will help her and her people. Mm. Good news for Lita, finally. I mean, it was good news that Byron set himself on fire, but <laughs> that's not what she was. It wasn't good news to her, I guess, at the time. That was the best news ever. <laughs> um... Um, so Lanier starts recording the Centauri ships or whatever and they they attack some convoy even though the convoy offered to surrender so when the Centauri leave Lanier stays behind and he sends out a distress call and prays for the dead this is where the ship was getting like really concerned for him it seemed like like oh that ship was so nice he really cares yeah uh it, it's essentially, ah, oh, I've just had a thought. Do Bill guys get reincarnated as a Membari in this universe? Because clearly he's, um, what's it, Siri technology has gone on leaps and bounds for them. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, because it, it's okay, you've got the same sort of thing in, uh, what's it, um, Star Trek, but here, the computers seem to be able to do quite a lot with simple voice commands. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Um, oh, in Babylon 5, they get the news that Lanier is alive and they have the proof. And Delin goes and, is she crying or she's crying and laughing? Yeah. Yeah, it's... I would say. In a combination. Yeah. Um, 
there's a there's a word for that, and I'm completely blanking on it. But there is a word for when you're feeling two conflicting emotions at the same time. Oh. Mm. And I'm just blanking on what that is, but this is exactly what's going on here. Yeah, I think so. Orlando comes along. We had your car doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he was prisoner. No, when he was asking for assistance. Yeah. Okay, yes. And and then you say, oh, leftovers and stuff. That was that desperate, uh, ironic laugh. Oh, yeah, in the hall. Okay, yeah. But much the same. So Lando comes along and she hugs him. She's thinking that we may not have another chance after this. Never done it before now, and this might be the last chance to do it. Now, this should have been like a hint that something was going wrong, <laughs> Lando. Oh. <laughs> no. Uh, what the heck, I what? think, um, yeah, I think he picked up on that, though. It's, oh shit, things really are going bad. <laughs> Crooked Delane is giving secrets to the enemy or something. <laughs> um, Her emotions are crazy lately. Is she pregnant? Check Delane's emails. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Help me remember that was a theory of mine when we get there. Oh, that she's pregnant? Yeah, you have that theory. I think it's because she's <laughs> acting she's completely nuts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then Lanier comes back and um, Lanier gives the information to him and goes off and now Sheridan's like yeah we really wanted this information now that I have it I don't want it <laughs> I was um, hoping we were wrong but they have to follow through with this so he's calling a closed meeting tomorrow and Garibaldi shows up he wants to be shows up in the sort of way, shifty way of, uh, Sharon, I've got to tell you, um, my, um, my wife wants me to retire. They are <laughs> married, right? Um, because, uh, I mean, um, Lise and uh, Garibaldi. Um, wait, sure. I'm not, I'm not sure because it I'm felt like sure. they were. It felt I'm like they were because, uh, they went off to, you know, he was on Mars. Saying, oh, I'm going to Babylon 5 for a bit. And she was assuming that he was going to help her with the business. It just felt like they were married. I know, yeah, Delin and Sheridan were married, but I can't I remember if Yeah, but I, and, and the point her. is, at the moment, you know, you, Garwaldi's coming into this of, um, trying to say, I've got to uh, stand down, I've got to quit. And before we can say anything, Sheridan goes right ahead and say, we need you more than ever. That's yeah. going to really help Garibaldi, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Quite a lot. He's doing whatever he can to avoid going home with Lee, it seems like. Uh, so. remember what she looked like either. <laughs> he was like, like, who are you? Oh, <laughs> I know you. Um, yeah, so there you go. He's going to meet with the, uh, I guess advisory council minus Lando. Essentially. And later, uh, Franklin is talking to Lundo, talking about this biological database that Franklin's working on. Lundo just wants to make sure it's not used for nefarious purposes. And Veer interrupts, saying, hey, they had this meeting. Uh, yeah, they're having this meeting tomorrow, and everyone's invited except you, Lundo. Yeah, and the head of the covert affairs does something stupidly unconventional uncovert and gives this shifty look at Londo. It's just 
I know it's TV. I know they're trying to play it for dramatic purposes, but Garmon, he's meant to be the head of covert affairs, and he gives this blatant look at Lando of, you're in the shit. Oh, <laughs> Are you in trouble? <laughs> yeah. And then in the next scene, he's talking to Lisa. You need to get out of here because we're about to go to war with the Centauri. <laughs> Yeah. Don't tell anybody that. Yeah, when no, nothing has actually even been decided yet. It's yeah. yeah, go out of it. Don't tell anyone we're about to do this because this is top secret. It's <laughs> like if there was kind of quickly. It did. <laughs> it did. Yeah. It's like there was some kind of disaster in your hometown coming and you knew about it, like you were working for the government or something. Like would you call your family and tell them to leave? That could I mean if word got out that could cause a panic, but you know yeah, you don't want to get your family out. Especially as if it's this high-profile person like Lisa is. She's she's essentially the head of a you know huge business in, enter, en, empire, and you know she would appear on the news of shortly days after arriving in Babylon Five. Lisa Hampton Eggers, yeah, Lisa Hampton Eggers mysteriously rushed off the station with no explanation. Could there be a connection with the attack? He's raw imminent. Just a report like that would spark a whole stampede off the stage and would start panic. Yeah, knowing that... It's kind of one of those things of, like, if Garibaldi tells one person and then she tells one or two people because it's like, okay, well, uh, they need to know because they're in danger. And then they tell people and then they tell people and they tell people. Oh, yeah. that's how a leak begins. And the Centauri would hear about it and, like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Start a war. Well, yeah, we're going to start a war anyway, but start it on worse terms. Yeah. So Bill Blair was in this episode. Did he play Random Alien? Yeah. I was looking up at random aliens in the background. I was wondering, is that him? Is that him? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, any notes? This guy. Um, the gathering. A call back to the gathering. Oh, I didn't even catch that in this episode. Garibaldi mentioned that Captain Sakai disappeared over a year ago. Mm. What else happened over a year ago? Shadow War? During the Shadow War, something happened very specific. A disappearance happened. I'm not going to say any more because that involves book knowledge of stuff I haven't read but I've heard about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it taking a go from Sheridan, blah, 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 she's something... Um, we were on okay. the bit where, um, Londo and, um, what's it, Londo and, um, Veer were talking about being shut out from the talks. No, oh, yeah, um, no, we, they, we we, yeah, we're finished because we went after that on the whole, um, Garibaldi and Lease bit. There wasn't anything else after that. <laughs> All right, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, just talking about how, yeah, the Garibaldi's had food delivered from fresh air, so <laughs> probably how the waiter knows. What's leader doing the Garibaldi? Mm-hmm. All right, so any quotes from this episode? Oh, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing favorites first. Uh, I well, think we usually do quotes. Okay. Yeah, I have it. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, and... You mentioned wondering about what my pleasure threshold is. I just recently found out I don't have one. I have a very, very nice one. Mm, the car's like, ooh. <laughs> uh, well, I, 
I you guess took my that would be a very common one from this episode. Um, I'm going to go with Sheridan. Um, I've been working up a good mad all day, and I'm not about to let you undercut it by agreeing with me. I, I like, I like <laughs> that one. Yeah. Will? Any others? No, I don't have. <laughs> yeah, you took my quote, so anyway, um... Oh, I'm sorry. No one really trusts anyone, Bio. It's a natural order of things. All right. I was just reading speculation about Garibaldi's dream, like how much was real and... Um... So who is our human of the week? The thing is, I'll, I'll always go for Lita um, if he's got a good episode, but Heidi? Mm. Yeah, thinking through, I think I can also go for Lita. Yeah, I'm good with Lita. Yeah, that sounds great to me. Right now, Franklin is winning this season, so... <laughs> oh my gosh, we need to fix that. <laughs> Just vote for Lita like four weeks in a row. I'm voting which... for Lita every week. <laughs> she's not in the episode. <laughs> Unless Clarence is there. Clarence. Uh, who's Alien of the Week? It's a little bit tricky, but I would, hmm. uh, I would go for London. Veneer disobeyed orders, but he did get the proof. He did. He did. Lando tries to do the right thing, but he can't. Seems to be his lot in life. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to vote for Lanier. I'm, I'm not sure, really. I, I couldn't really say no one really was that strong for me. Definitely not Delin. I just that random Drazi who was looking at Lido when she walked by. <laughs> I'm fine with Lanier. <laughs> uh, I'm fine with Lanier. I'm fine with Lanier as well. So let's do ratings. Want to start us out, Ian? Yeah. See, here we got more set up, and we did get some answers. And uh, it's a little more than average episode, so I give it 8 out of 10 in the Tower Attacks. 8 out of 10. Okay, how about you, Heidi? Um, this one was pretty good. It actually moved things forward a little bit, so that was nice. Um, I wish everyone would just talk to each other. I hate this on TV, like, <laughs> that people just won't communicate. Um, so, but that's not a fault of the episode. That's just an annoyance at how things are written on television. Um, I'm going to also give it, I think, an 8 out of 10 secrets. Cool. How about you, Ian? Yeah, I liked the episode. I wasn't excited by it, though, but it was a clear improvement. I said it's slowly getting better, and it really feels that way. So, I'm going to have to give it... Eight out of ten genetic samples. Um, yeah, it was definitely an improvement over last week. Um, there was some stuff I wasn't that interested in, but I did like the Alita's plot. Uh, I don't know. Lanier's kind of bothered me a little bit, but things with Londo. Hell yeah, the alcohol storyline, not my favorite, but, um, yeah, I'll give it seven and a half out of ten. Um, alcoholic coffees. <laughs> I keep looking up and see that we gave one episode a two point one secrets of the soul. I can't remember what that. Was. Oh, that was the was that the one with the alien race that was dying out? I don't know. But I gave it a point five. <laughs> That's right. And I think Beth gave it a zero. <laughs> Quite unusual. Quite unusual. Was that this season? 
Yeah, that was episode seven of this season. That had to be something horrible to do with Byron. <laughs> All right. Um, let us go back into our meditative state until we get to feedback land. Uh, first, we have a comment from Board99. Board says, oh, is this feedback for the uh, latest two episodes? Look at those titles, Meditations on the Abyss and Darkness Ascending. Do you think JMS might be trying to suggest that something bad might be about to happen? Although I can remember the overall story of this part of Season 5 well enough, I find it curiously hard to attach plot details to individual episodes. In some ways, I find these two episodes mostly of interest for Richard... I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Richard... Uh, his performance is Captain Montoya. It's worth noting that even in 2016, Star Trek has never had a single Latino member of the bridge crew, let alone in command of a starship. Montoya is not a character to whom JMS is giving, has given many dimensions. He's basically the perfect commanding officer, and, uh, that's it. But, actor does a great, good job of making him seem fleshed out and convincing. As for the rest, the story of the gradual uncovering of the mystery surrounding the race is good stuff. Other elements, such as Garibaldi's alcoholism, not so good. Thank you, Void. Thanks, Void. Yeah, I guess I never noticed, realized that they've never had a Latino member of the bridge crew. They've got so many other uh, represented there. Um, yeah, Chicote was Native American, but I think the actor is Latino. Um... Next, we have an email from Melanie. Even want to read that? Oh, I, I pasted the same. Okay. I'll read Melanie's oh. email. <laughs> um, to say we've only got two this week, though. Uh, Melanie says, Hi, down below. Here are some short thoughts on Darkness Ascending. Was Garibaldi's dream a dream, or was Lita acting like a Vorlon? The first bit seemed like an actual dream to me. I'm less sure about the part where Lita was sitting there. I look forward to hearing her discussion. Yeah, her... Uh, I mean, it's kind of like a Vorlot where she appeared in the dream. Sent Kosh through that with Jakar and Sheridan. Sheridan. Yeah. Well, maybe... Yeah, maybe um, Lita wasn't actually sitting on the bed. Maybe she was putting herself in his subconscious. Yeah. Uh, the ISA now have proof that the Centauri are behind the attacks, and Sheridan wants to throw it out in airlock. Well, I wouldn't want it to have been someone on my advisory board either. Despite Londo's speech about how no one trusts anyone else, he sounded like he trusts Sheridan when he spoke to the unnamed Centauri. I love how excited Veer was when he told Londo they were done with the paperwork. I'm sure they both wished that would happen until it happened because no one was doing any business with him. Unlike previous seasons, it's not clear to them what's going on. In The Coming of Shadows, Londo said that in the next 24 hours, they would be at war with the Narn. Here we get Garibaldi saying the same thing about the Centauri. Human of the Week, Sheridan, Alien. This episode sees my first tie between Veer and Londo. Wow. <laughs> Surprise, Veer oh, didn't win it outright. Rating 8.5. Bonus for Delin's reaction to finding out Lanier is alive, 0.52. Final rating, 9.02 data crystals thrown out in airlock. Quote, um, 
Londo, you would think they don't trust us. Veer, I don't think anyone trusts anyone right now, Londo. Londo, you say it as if it were a bad thing. No one really trusts anyone, Veer. It's the natural order of things. But until now, it has never interfered with business. I find this very strange. Best regards, Melanie, the Krakowian beer fan. Thanks, Melanie. Thanks, Melanie. Uh, thanks for the feedback, guys. So, next predictions. Uh, the next episode is titled, And All My Dreams Torn Asunder. Maybe something bad really is about to happen. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, well, Garibaldi was the one dreaming this episode. Um, but his dreams weren't good to begin with, so I don't think if they were torn asunder that he would feel too bad about it. Um, I think... Maybe it's lunch dreams torn asunder because, um, like he, I think he liked being, um, in the alliance and, uh, and having his friendship with Jakar. And I think he felt like he was in a good um, I think he can be off and when he gets angry, he's fairly to the dark side. But yeah, then he does good stuff, so I'm a little worried about him. Um, but my overall prediction, uh, Dylan is pregnant. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, because, I mean, we know that they have a kid at some point. I don't know if we know when, but I'm predicting it's coming up. Um, and I predict Franklin will die before he, uh, gets to leave and go live on Mars. Okay. Maybe that's just wishful thinking. <laughs> Um, and then I think that's all. all right, cool. This is a shorter episode. That's fine. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. Thank you for joining us again this week. Yeah, well, it's always fun. So, uh, thank uh, you. in the home stretch, yeah, one of the people that have been with us since the beginning. <laughs> oh. So we wind down. Uh, sorry, my computer's not co Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> my computer's not cooperating. Um. So yeah, that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with And All My Dreams Torn Asunder. But until then, goodbye. Bye. Yeah, for for you have been Uh you guys are robotic, sorry, he <laughs> broke off. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also down below podcast.com. Facebook.com slash group slash down below podcast and Twitter.com slash down below cast. <laughs>